The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Here's one thing we usually gather from the parable of the sower. God seems careless. He goes about sowing his seed wherever it may fall with no regard for the condition of the soil or the likelihood that it will sprout and grow and bear fruit. The seed, of course, is his word, and the ears that hear are the soil. And while some understand and bear fruit, many do not. In fact, if you are keeping score based on this parable, his crop fails three-quarters of the time. But God isn't careless, and he's not a bad farmer who just doesn't know what he's doing. Instead, he is deliberate, choosing to sow exactly where it will not grow. This is what makes a parable a parable. It's not just a story that illustrates the kingdom of God based on our familiar world. Instead, it's a story that highlights just how unlike the world the kingdom of God really is. And so this parable carries its full force when we come to terms with the fact that the sower scatters his seed on the road and in the rocks and among the thorns, fully expecting that it will bear no fruit whatsoever. 
not hoping that by some chance or miracle at least one seed will survive. Instead, sowing his seed precisely so that it will not survive. And so we learn from time to time that the purpose of the seed is to grow nothing at all. Now this is a hard truth. It's hard to hear, and it's hard to preach. Because as we unravel the parable, as we move from seeds to God's Word, here's what it means. Sometimes the purpose of God's Word, the purpose that Isaiah talks about, the purpose which God's Word always accomplishes, sometimes that purpose is to be heard and not believed. To harden hearts and not to soften them. In fact, Jesus says as much in this chapter of Matthew. Verses 10 through 17 are missing from our lesson so that we hear the parable and then Jesus' explanation. But in those verses, in that middle section, the disciples ask Jesus why he speaks to the crowds in such riddles, which is essentially to ask, why does the sower sow his seeds where they will not grow? And here's Jesus' reply. They don't understand what I've said to them plainly. And so I'm speaking to them in parables precisely so that their lack of understanding, so that their unbelief will be amplified. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And so it happens that Jesus preaches his word to hardened hearts, sometimes in order to harden them even more. And Jesus quotes Isaiah, who knew what it is to preach to hard hearts. Isaiah asked God, How long, O Lord? And God replied, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant." and houses without people, and the land is a desolate place. How long is God willing to sow his seed along the way and on the rocks and among the thorns? How long is God willing to let his word be snatched away by the devil and scorched by persecution and choked by the cares of the world? How long is God willing to let his word do this terrible, unnatural work of bringing to light our wickedness and unbelief. How long? To the very end. Until his word has reduced every forest to stumps and until his word has burned the stumps to the ground. Even then, he will sow his seed. Now this can seem downright spiteful sowing his seed where it will not grow just to prove that it will not grow. Isn't it cruel to make hard hearts harder? Doesn't it just make things worse? We often feel this way when God's word drives wedges between us and our loved ones, or when his judgment in our own lives feels unrelenting. All this carrying on about sin and death and cross and resurrection, doesn't it just make people despise Jesus even more? 
The surprising answer is, perhaps. But that may be just what is needed. This is the terrifying, but at the same time, utterly hopeful lesson of our parable. When God sows his word among sinners, it makes them worse sinners. But as Paul tells us, where sin increases, there grace abounds all the more. It's a myth that you and I can accomplish the work of the Holy Spirit by dancing along some delicate tightrope, saying just enough not to scare people away, or to scare ourselves away for that matter. But it is, in fact, just then, when we dance that tightrope, that we obstruct the work of the sower. Although it can seem more attractive, we don't do anyone any favors by scrubbing the blood off of the cross of Jesus. And so here's what you should take home from this parable. It isn't cruel for God to sow his seed where it cannot grow. It is not spite towards the path and the rocks and the thorny soil. It is, in fact, nothing less than love. And here's why. It can only be divine love which endures the cold pain of rejection and still loves even more. It can only be divine love which endures the sting of hatred and still loves even more. It can only be divine love which endures every false accusation of cruelty and judgmentalism and lovelessness and still loves even more. Divine love which is willing to suffer all things to the end for you. Wherever Jesus is despised, there he loves even more. It is this same divine love which brought you to the waters of baptism, sowing the seed of God's word exactly where it could not grow. It always sounds cruel, the unkind things that we say about folks, and especially little kids when they're brought to the font. You're under the power of the devil. You're like the wicked world in the time of Noah. You're like hard-hearted Pharaoh. Your only hope is to be drowned and die. But then it happens, this miracle of miracles, God takes a desolate land, a land which he himself has made desolate and in which nothing can grow. And having burned every last stump to dust, he planted his seed. Having snuffed out your last breath in the waters of the font, he spoke to your dead bones, which could not hear, and he told you to arise, and you did. You are here today for no other reason than because the sower insists on sowing his seed where it cannot grow. In this we have a glimpse of the mystery of God's mercy, that although it can seem careless, and although it can be destructive, and although it offends us to no end, God's love for us in Christ Jesus is boundless. 
extending even to the depths of the grave. Jesus said to his disciples then what I say to you today. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. But blessed are you, and blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.